In today's episode, you are going to find out why you are the best language teacher for your child, even if you only speak one language. At the end of the episode, you are going to feel empowered to take action today. We're here to support you and we'll be providing you with all the resources at the end of the episode. Raising bilingual children can be a challenge. That's why we have serial dates, where we discuss our experiences and grow as a bilingual family. Let's get cereal, cereal. I wanna get cereal. Let's get cereal. <laughs> no. Welcome back to Serial Dates. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the previous episodes, rating and reviewing. We are so excited, and it really um, has fired us up to do more episodes and share our journey with you. Absolutely. I'm super humbled by everybody that's left a review. Uh, thank you so much for you know being a part of this and helping us grow uh, really quick. Um, we're hoping to reach more listeners as time goes by, so be sure to share these episodes with people you know as well. Um, and like you said, it's, it's getting, giving us motivation to continue doing this and to provide more insight to what's going on. And we're glad that you guys are enjoying it so far. Uh, for future episodes, please, if you have questions, give us, give us topics you would like to hear us talk about. Remember everything that we're providing you is experience-based, uh, backed by some of the research, obviously that you've been a part of going through your schooling on bilingualism, child life development and family life education. So, yeah, in this episode specifically, we are really excited to share with you because it's basically the foundation of everything in learning a second language. We want you to know that you are the best teacher for your child, and we're just excited to show you how easy it can be to get be, started today. To get started, yeah. And so, here we go. Today we're going to be kind of talking, like I mentioned, a little bit about you and hopes to kind of get people excited about how easy it is to get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So I want to kind of talk a little bit about the first chapter of your book. This episode's called The Spirit of the Teacher, named after the first chapter of your, of your book. And we're kind of doing a subtitle under that, The Spirit of the Teacher, which is you. You as the listener, you as the parent, you as the educator – whoever is listening to this, that's going to be working with their child. Mm -hmm. um, so right off the bat, the start of your book, you say, you're probably saying, I don't have the time to teach my child a second language, especially if I don't speak the language myself. Now, me as a parent wanting to speak to my child, if I didn't have you as a resource, the first thing I'm going to do is go by Rosetta Stone. I'm going to download as many apps as possible. If I had the resources, I would hire somebody to come in and do this and tutor and structure my child as often as possible to get them affiliated with whatever language I'm wanting them to learn. Um, this approach can be pretty intimidating to people. What do you have to say about that? Well, I think ultimately what we want when we teach our child, when we get Rosetta Stone or get another, a tutor or something is to have our child become bilingual, right? Well, Unless you're able to pay that tutor forever, you know, it's, yes, they may learn some words and some phrases, but if you want it to last, you have to have a relationship built in 
you know, so that it's long lasting, so that the language learning sticks in is long lasting. So essentially what you're saying is I pay for my tutor for however amount of time and I feel my child's learning the second language. I decide not to pay them anymore and they're done. Mm -hmm. So what's next? Well, I do think that the you retain a lot of the language, but if you don't use it, you do lose it. In fact, as a learner, as a, as a bilingual person, I know there have been periods in my life where I have not been as fluent in Spanish as in English, even though Spanish is my native language. Like my high school years, I know that I struggled when I would talk to my grandparents on the phone. I would get stuck on words all the time. When I went to Colombia for the first time, when I hadn't been there for a long time, I struggled. I would get stuck on, on words and phrases because all of my friends, all of my interactions were in English. And so, you know, even though I have a great relationship with my mom during my high school years, I didn't spend as much time with my mom as I did at school and with my friends who were all English speakers. So while you're not going to lose the language completely, if you don't have something to keep you connected or someone rather to keep you connected to the language, you will lose it. I think that what I think what brought me back to Spanish Obviously, I have a relationship with my mom, and I would always speak with her in Spanish. It was bilingual family, you know, and, and my work was all day, every day in Spanish. So for your child, the reason why we made that um, strong statement saying that you are the best language teacher is because you are with your child most of their time, and also you're going to be with them for the long run, you know, a tutor may leave or they may not be able to tutor your child anymore, but you are with them for life. Right. I'm with my mom for life. Like, well, you, you talk about your dad and his grandma and really when she passed away, he um, had no more reason to. Yeah. Even though his mom, even though grandma Lee was alive, his grandma, who was his connection to the Korean language passed away. Right. And so, that's that's why and that's why everything falls back to your big saying your big saying of second language acquisition is all about relationships exactly right so also in the book especially for parents that are already bilingual um you say there's not only economic opportunities but opportunities to influence make an impact and create relationships with two worlds so for the bilingual parents that are out there listening, talk about that a little bit. How, how does that, what examples do you have in that realm? It's really early to tell with Mateo because he's only two, but I feel like I can already tell he has great empathy and he's, he's, he's very attuned with other people's feelings. Like if I am upset, he knows that I'm upset. In a way, what bilingualism does is it makes you want to, you know, speak the language of another person, like adapt to the way that they understand the world. That can be taken literally in language, like that's how they understand the world through that language, but also in terms of their feelings and emotions and how to approach that person. That's one way. Another way that I see with you is your police officer, and I see you talking about how when you help someone in need, and even if you're not able to say all the sentences perfectly, 
they just, they have this like relief that somebody is there helping them. And it doesn't matter if, if there's, if they speak Spanish perfectly, the fact that you're trying. They feel a sense of comfort that somebody's trying to understand them. Yeah. Respect comes out of it. And we work together to figure out the issue and then resolve the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it, it makes you connect, helps you connect with people at a much deeper level. So, Okay. Outside of that, let's talk a little bit about you as a language learner. So let's kind of describe and paint this picture for everybody, how you grew up and how you learned a second language so they can kind of see how it relates to them and how easy of an approach it's actually going to be. Because your story is actually pretty cool as far as immigrating here and so I was born and raised in Colombia, and by the time I was about five years old, my mom decided to um, teach me English, and she picked Saturdays as her English day. Now, it's important to note at what level she was in her English, right? Even though she studied English, um, she did like different courses to learn English in Colombia. When we came here, we realized how little she knew in reality, so it, it just goes to show you that you can teach your child a second language even if you don't speak it perfectly. But what she did was she picked Saturdays as our English day. And she didn't necessarily say, okay, we're going to sit down and learn the language. She just decided to have our day in English. So from the very beginning of the day, she would say, good morning. How are you? Did you sleep well? And because it was the same vocabulary every Saturday, um, I started picking up words and then she would ask me what I wanted for breakfast. And we were talking about what things that were real and meaningful. And even though she didn't know anything about second language acquisition or the best way to teach a language, she was doing that. She was using visuals. She was talking about what was real. So she would be like, do you want orange juice or milk? And she would literally show me the orange juice, show me the milk and make the input comprehensible for me without any worksheets, without any apps, <laughs> without... Um, I don't yeah. think there were apps no, at the time, let no. alone a touch phone. No. But, you know, I, I feel like there are a lot of people, there are a lot of businesses taking advantage of parents and selling apps for things like teaching your child how to talk. Yes. Yes, those which are is ridiculous. pretty ridiculous. <laughs> So essentially, she created routines mm -hmm. around the vocabulary she knew and consistently, over time, used them. Right. And then once she grasped an understanding, she moved on a little bit further and a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the more that she learned, she also incorporated that into what she was essentially teaching you. Right. And I don't know what all went into her like process of thinking how she was going to teach, quote unquote, teach me. But I do remember it was just a very, just a very fluid, our day is going to be in English. Right. So fast forward all the way to college. I think the listener should know you actually didn't go to college originally to become a language educator. The first thing you wanted to do is become an art major to teach art. Mm -hmm. And you're a fantastic artist. You have wonderful work. But I think people need to get excited about you being excited mm -hmm. about what you do. So talk about your transition of from art major to child development and family life education. 
Well, um, I was going to school for art education, and both of us actually paid our way through college. So we were married at the time already, and we were working multiple jobs to pay to our bills. To stay in our college tuition. And our bills. In our bills. In our bills. So I had multiple jobs serving, and I was also teaching young children. I you was, got into teaching young children because of the art major. You wanted yeah, experience. Yeah, I wanted to get some experience, right. So I, But I eventually wanted to teach. I eventually wanted to teach art maybe in high school to help help uh, high school students and adolescents deal with their emotions through art, all that. And so when I started with working with young children, um, that was just to get a little bit of experience in terms of teaching. And I was sitting, I remember clearly I was sitting in an art history class, which I did not enjoy. And I remember I kept being late to the class because I was, I would stay late teaching my my class or talking to the parents with the young children. Um, and, or I would just say, Oh, I, I want to make sure I'm ready for this, prepare all the materials for the class. So then I would skip my art history class. And one of the days I was just sitting there and I just, I realized I don't want to be here. I want to be in the classroom setting up for my next class. This was one of your other jobs in college to pay for college. You took on a teacher role for a Spanish program. Correct. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is really what I want to do. So why am I, you know, why are you there? Yeah. And, And not only that, I realized that every single piece of art that I had made so far, like in my life had been either an assignment for an art class or a gift. It wasn't just because I wanted to paint. It, it was. It wasn't an, an original manifested idea. Right. It was just I need a gift for someone and I want to paint their picture, or it's an it's an assignment for an art class. Right. So while I I am pretty talented, it just wasn't something that I wanted to do as a living or just. It didn't. I believe the words you told me the day that this happened is you walked out of class. I did in the middle of class. <laughs> <laughs> you walked out of class and went straight to your advisor and said, screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't say screw this. I know, but it sounds cooler. <laughs> but you went and changed your major. Yeah. And you changed it to child development and family life education. Mm-hmm. So in the process of doing this, one of your very old students from start of you teaching Spanish, their parents called you. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, this is where the biggest change happened was through this child. So mm-hmm. tell tell the listeners that story. Right. So I started tutoring this child, Ryan. And of course, I put my teacher hat on and I was like, okay, we're going to do these. We're going to learn, you know, the fruits and we're going to learn the colors. Curriculum. Yeah, we're going to learn the colors and we're going to learn all the basics first. And... I walked in with like my little rolling suitcase with all my materials ready to go, all my laminated sheets. At first, he was okay with it, but by the first, by the second or third week, he was actually like crying that he didn't want me to be there. And the dreaded thing a teacher yeah, like, never wants. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, but why? I mean, kids, typically, kids liked being around me, so I didn't understand why. So luckily, Ryan's dad. Um, at the time was finishing up his master's in bilingual education. And he he told me, he said, why don't you just 
play with Ryan, just hang out with him, like just hang out with him in Spanish. And that was the biggest shift and relief. And we just, uh, such a huge change, not only in his interest, but also in my enthusiasm for teaching him because he was enjoying it. So we so were feeding now, of each other. Now you're developing a relationship with Ryan. Exactly. And he's, in, he, like you said, he's enjoying being around you. Mm-hmm. And everything you were doing essentially was him having fun. And this is where you understood the concept of play. Mm-hmm. And I was also taking a play class right. in college. So it just, it, it was perfect. Right. So for that play class, I had a big assignment. What I decided to do was interview Ryan. And my theory, what I wanted to come out of this project was that second that second language acquisition was best done through play. Like so the learning best, a second the language. The best way to learn a second language is through play. That's what I wanted my teacher to get. That's what I wanted my other students to get in the classroom, that the best way to learn a second language is through play because I was in the play class. <laughs> and... I did this interview where I asked him, you know, kind of walking through our journey as student and teacher and how at the beginning it was very structured and we had those laminating, laminated sheets and the very, the numbers and colors, et cetera. And then we moved into play and just I just asked him out of all those different ways that we learned Spanish or that he learned Spanish with me, what was his favorite way? And... At the end of the interview, I asked him, so out of all those ways of learning a second language, what do you think is the best way to learn a second language? And he said, with my dad. <laughs> not the answer you were wanting. Not the answer I was wanting. And, and you still prodded him for questions because I, I was the one that filmed that. Right. It was like a video interview. So I don't know. I, I honestly was not trying to ignore his answer. You just didn't like, get the answer yeah, you wanted. I just, well, in the moment, it, it just... I was like, maybe he's just confused or something. <laughs> and Maybe he doesn't understand you. Exactly. Because you were doing all this in Spanish. Right. The whole interview was in Spanish. Once I got home and was able to listen to the interview and watch it, I realized, oh my gosh, it is his dad. Because his dad was also learning Spanish and his dad would speak to him in Spanish. That was the light bulb moment because here I am trying all these different strategies to teach him a second language when he has the best teacher at home. So this light bulb moment brought me full circle back to my experience as a learner because my mom was my language teacher and Ryan's dad was his language teacher. So it made me realize that the best language teacher for children is their parents. And then this is really what really started bilingual fam- the idea and concept behind bilingual family. Mm-hmm. Everything from the name, the structure, uh, everything that you present is providing parents. Yes, you have a school where they come physically, but your primary goal is to provide parents the resources they need to be able to teach their children at home mm-hmm. outside of school. And to learn together. Yeah, and so once... Um, once they started bilingual family, there's more to to this journey because it started with the library book. So one of my students loved this book, and we had a little classroom library. And he said, can I take it home? And at the time, we didn't have a lending library. It was just our, our classroom library. 
And I said, sure, you can take it home. Just make sure you take care of it and bring it back. Well, the next day he came back and said, well, my dad couldn't read it because he doesn't know how to read in Spanish. Hmm, what can we do about this? Exactly. And so I immediately was like, okay, I'm going to record all the books in our library. And my idea was to make CDs to go with the book. But thanks to you, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. John was like, who has a CD player? And so we came up with doing the QR codes for the books. So parents scan the front of the book, QR code is read, and then they get to listen to you read the book and they can follow along. Mm Mm-hmm. So they can hear the correct pronunciation and, and all that. So from there, all I mean, the parents are like, this is great. Thank you so much. And we started thinking about ways to incorporate the QR codes in other ways, and that's where the routines came. Right, and that's exactly, that's, that's exactly where the routines came from. And, and, and at this point, this is, this is where I want to really focus in on. This is why and how it's so easy for parents to get involved. You're listening today because you you want to know how to get started and how how it's going to be easy. So we told you there was going to be resources that we provide for you to get started. On the website, we have a bunch of PDF guides to get you started today, from vocabulary to the audio with those QR codes that we were talking about. Um, books. So books. Songs. Songs. Everything, you name it. We're here to support your journey, and we really want you to be able to do this. We'll provide a link in the description. So if you head over to bilingualfamily.us forward slash routines, you'll be able to download these PDF guides to get you started today. It has all the QR codes, so you'll be able to hear uh, the actual recording, the pronunciation, the books, the songs, everything that's involved and goes with it. And, and and that's how easy it is. That's how you can get started today. And, yeah. and kind of elaborate on that and how, how to use those. Well, a little bit about the routines is that they are designed for each, for different age groups. Because the way that you speak to a baby is going to be very different than the way you speak to, say, a school-age child. For example, to wake up your child, right, in the morning. If it's a baby, you're going to say... Oh, good morning. You're stretching your arms. Oh, it looks like you have a dirty diaper. Let's change your diaper and etc. To where with a school-age child, you might say, all right, today you are going to have soccer after school and it's five o'clock. You have five more minutes. You know, the vocabulary, it's very different. So we have the routines are tailored not only to the actual daily routine, with the vocabulary that goes with that routine, but also with the child's age in mind so that the conversation that you're having with your child is real and meaningful. Right. So again, that's bilingualfamily.us forward slash routines. Head on over there, get started today. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, what, what I recommend with our parents is to pick one routine. So the PDF has over 15 routines. Um, But you can pick one, just pick one routine where you're already enjoying, like it's not a stressful routine. So if you, if there's always a meltdown at bedtime, don't, don't (laughs) do do the bedtime. Don't do the bedtime. But if your bedtime is super relaxed, Mm -hmm. all right, child goes into the bath easy, we read a book, this, that, or the other, and it's super smooth. That would be the best time. If it, if breakfast is a good one, mm-hmm. diaper changes, if that's easy, you know, find the easiest part of the day, find the routine that matches that mm-hmm. and get started. Yeah. 
And and what we recommend is you to implement the routine, to do the vocabulary that, that the routine has. It shouldn't take more than five minutes per day. So the first few times, you're probably going to have to look at the guide and, and scan the code and kind of, you know, struggle through it a little bit. Not necessarily struggle, but just be conscious of what you're doing. But if you do it consistently, if you do it every day, by the end of the month, that vocabulary, those those uh, phrases will be second nature to you. And so You're then, turning the routine into a routine. Exactly. And so then... The next month you can add another routine and just you keep adding. And before you know it, you have this big vocabulary built up around routines. And it's real. It's meaningful. It's your relationship with your child. So you're both going to learn. They're going to enjoy it. There won't be a struggle. And the best part is that you're not actually having to add anything new to your day or to your schedule because you're already doing bedtime routine. You're already doing the old time routine. So you're simply doing those routines in Spanish. Right. And having those readily available, I'm sure, is going to be a big help for all of you. It, it'll definitely cut down your research time, trying to find the best way or just the materials or where to even start. We have that available for you. We're giving that to you, to our listeners. We want you to be able to start today. If you have any questions regarding any of this, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you are unsure on how to apply these, it's pretty straightforward. But if you do have any questions, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We'll try our best to explain them. And the more you listen to these podcasts, the more resources become readily available over time, especially once we kind of start seeing what people really love doing and interacting with. Absolutely. So we encourage you to download the routines, print them off. Print off the one that you're going to make the decision to start on if you want. If you're feeling fancy, laminate it and then put it in the room where you're going to carry out that routine and get started right away. Don't right think now, about it. Don't think about it. Yeah. Yes. Just just jump in both feet. Get started today and and and, and just start, start that relationship building process with your child. So thank you guys again for listening to this. And we we're super excited about you getting started with your journey if you haven't already done so. Um, if you have, and this has been great insight for and help to continue your journey, then then we're glad that we get to be there for you. So any comments, questions, concerns, general consensus about the world and universe around us? No. Get started. Get started. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. Annyeonghaseyo. Thank you for being with us. For more on raising bilingual children, you can purchase my book, Become a Bilingual Family, The Best Method for Raising Bilingual Children, Even If You Only Speak One Language, on Amazon. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bilingual Family. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. And as always, the best compliment is a review. Con amor, John and Daniela.